Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. It's always a joy and a privilege to um, come this morning and to inspire another generation of mums to raise their children to love and serve God in a world where it is very, very challenging and very, very difficult. I mean, my eldest is now 30... How old are you, Bethany? 30 what? 33? 34? 33? 32? Anyway, I know I don't look it. She's something in the 30s anyway. And... And when we were raising our children, I thought it was challenging then. But all those years on, I honour the mums today who are raising a generation with, you know, the social media that is invading our world, you know, the screen world. And, you know, uh, I heard some months ago that even Toys R Us is... Toys R Us isn't there anymore. Such is the world that, you know, our kids don't want toys or are we not buying toys? Anyway, that's another subject for another day. Um, But I think being a mum is so important. It's the most challenging job in the world. And it doesn't come with manual. There's There's no tip one, tip two and tip three. You just have to... Get on that roller coaster and hopefully you're doing a great job. So I'm here this morning as being on the road for 30 something years <laughs> with Bethany and having four children and two grandchildren. I think I've got something to say about how to give you some tips, not perhaps the world's tips. Well, the world's tips are sometimes changing. I mean, it's like, even with having babies, babies, they are babies. Babies don't change. But the things that come with babies these days, thinking, why do you you need that? Why do you need that that nappy bag where you put the nappies in for six days and it begins to smell, just pick it up into the bin? It's like, what? Anyway, I'm a bit old school, but the old school is, is not always wrong. I'm not a perfect mum, as my children will tell you. So I'm going to invite Joseph on on the stage just to encourage you that I'm not the perfect mother. Now, don't be shocked in what you're about to hear. I'm just bracing yourself now. Fasten your seatbelts. And do not call social services or whatever, okay? Okay, Joe. Mum, you you are... Don't... You are perfect. Come on. And uh, Beth, how old were you? Are you 36? (laughs) What? She's 33. That was how old she is. 33. She's 33? She is, yeah. 33, Mum. Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, we've married 34 years, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's amazing. Um, so, come on. 
even I don't know what's going on, but I'm, I'm on the stage. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. First of all, my mum and dad are amazing because as kids, we're just crazy, like, especially my older brother, he's just a, yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, when we were younger, once we were running through the aisles in one of the clothing shops and, you know, you get like the rails and, uh, you know the rails, yeah? Yeah, yeah okay, great. Um, I think me and my brother were like running in and down and my mum went, Joseph, get here. She yanked my arm and then my arm came out of its socket like that. <laughs> it clicked. Uh, 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 it was Aaron as well, it wasn't even me, I promise you. And uh, I think, I think mum went, went up to my dad when, when he got home and said, oh, I don't know, go and check if Joe's all right. And apparently I was in the bath like this. And so, and so, um, Markham said to Joe, Joe, come here, darling. So, uh, thank you, darling. So just, just tell them something I, I did great, amazing. So people aren't left feeling, oh my gosh. And she's standing here telling us what to do. <laughs> yeah, can you do anything? Yeah, I'll be, okay. I'll, I'll be honest, like, I've had literally the best childhood ever. Um, Literally, be, being a pastor's kid is like one of the greatest blessings, but can also be like the worst thing in the world. It can be. But I think one thing that my mum and dad were amazing at, my mum especially, was our home life was always amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you might see mum and dad appear on the platform and like see us all here on the platform. But what was always amazing was not, not always this, but our home life. Um, and yeah, the, the things haven't always been easy with me especially. Um, but my mum's always clipped me around the head a few times and told me to... Told me to no, you... Oh, come on. I didn't turn out this good look. I did no reason. It's... It, no, but it's, it's important. It's important. And, yeah, like, yeah, I just want to honour you, Mum. Like, thank you. You're, you're amazing. You're a woman of God. And more than anything, um, yeah, thank you for, for just all that you do and will continue to do. And, yeah, I love you lots. Thank lot, you. So. Thank you. Mm. So to end that story with Joe's arm, we, t we took him to the, the, to the hospital. And he had not broken his arm, so what happened is just, it came out of the socket, that was all. And they quickly popped it back in again. And it was in a sling for about a week. So, okay, everything's okay, so, so services, the kids are all fine now, and the, all four of them are still alive to this day. So. Okay, so my title of, of my message this morning is Mama Bee's Ingredients to Raising the Next Generation. Number one, in fact, I've not actually numbered them, so I'm just starting and I'll just say which one I'm doing, okay? Raising godly children has to be my top or our top priority in our lives. In um, Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, point your kids in the right direction. And when they are old, 
they won't be lost. I believe your home is the single most powerful arena on earth to change a life for God. It's estimated, I've done some research on this, it's estimated that half, that's 50% of children growing up in a Christian home will keep their faith as adults. Just half of our children. We're here to change that statistic. We're here to change that. Not in the world's way of doing it, but in our way, God's practical way of raising the next generation. I read an article some weeks ago, and I'm just going to read the article now, and that will just, that will just encapsulate what raising godly children means. A journalist called William Harding Carter, he wrote, there are only two lasting legacies we can hope to give our children. One is roots, the other is wings. Our children who know they are loved unconditionally are children with roots, and consequently, they're able to stand up to whatever life throws at them. By the same token, When you instill in your children a sense of self-confidence and encourage them to dream, you're giving them wings. And at any time, children are given the will to win, they're already halfway to success. But if you let them grow up without it, they're already halfway to failure. That means, as a parent, you must demonstrate faith in your children so that they can learn to have faith in themselves. Each and every child has within them a God-given seed of greatness. And when you let them know you believe in them, you're watering that seed and giving them a chance to grow. Have you ever noticed how people generally rise and fall in accordance with their level of expectation? When you constantly... Criticise kids, they grow up to be negative, self-doubting and fearful. When you believe in them and assume they will do well, they go the extra mile. But by trying to live up to your expectations, it's your faith in them that creates the environment in which they can learn, learn to fly. Give them money and they'll spend it. Give them resources and they will squander it but give them faith in God and in themselves and the chances are they'll excel in whatever they do in life you see that to me encapsulates what raising a godly child is for our adventure kids team We are undergirding in the home what you're doing. We are not the sole, I think it's not the sole responsibility of putting godly principles in your children. We are helping you do a great job. So on Sunday afternoon, when they come home and they're in the car, don't ignore what they learnt at, 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 at church on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're back again on Sunday to get a top up. No. The top-up comes from you during the week. It's important 
Because we cannot be held responsible for raising your children in a godly way just on a Sunday in 45 minutes or whatever time they have here. So please, help. We're helping you to do a great job. And can I just also just say, as I'm on that point, thank. When your child comes home or after that class, just say thank you to those teachers. Thank you for investing their time into your kids. Because when, you're, when your children are at school, you don't say, and they've got homework, you don't hesitate to get that homework done. You, you, you've got homework to do, come on, let's get on with it. But you never do homework from church to get on with it. And to me, it works both ways. You instill a godly principle and you instill what the education system is also invading your world to actually do. But you have to raise godly, godly children to stand the test of time. Because out there, they need it. Amen. For us in our Baxter family, mornings weren't always the best time to be having prayer and worship and interceding. Sorry to say that. Our time was often in the car, going to school. And we had the CD, as it was then, which I've still got my CD because I'm quite old school in my car. And we have the CD playing, worshipping in the car. And then occasionally I will stop that and I will speak scripture over them. Especially the one scripture I used to speak over, over the boys is that you are, there's a future for a man of peace. And when your children are going to school, they need to carry peace with them. So I used to get, especially Aaron, because he was the one that would cause us to be, um, to be she's, it was more challenging in the way that we raised Aaron. But can I just say, when, when Aaron was about 18 months, we took him to um, some friends of ours, and they were vicars of an Anglican church, and Aaron was in his high chair, throwing his food around. He's about two, actually, throwing his food around. And as a mum, I was thinking, oh, not now, not now, please. Just try and be good, try and try. And I was going, oh, Aaron, please, you don't have to do that. And the vicar's wife came up to me, and she says, Lynette, he's a leader. Channel that in him. Don't look what he's doing out there. Wow. Don't look at what he is. He's a leader. Channel that leadership skill. And I've never, ever forgotten that. So if your child is challenging, it's because there's a leader in him or in her. So channel that leadership in him. And don't catch them being good. Catch them being good. Because, you know, when you're a challenging child, you can always point out, oh, oh, again, again. Catch them being good, good, praise them, and thank them. Well done, because there's, there's a leader that is, that is to birth. All right. And I used to say to them in the car, you're the head and not the tail. Joseph, what are you? I'm the tail, not the head. No, Joseph, get it right. Because Joseph was always the one that had to turn things upside down and inside out. Because, you know, Joseph, you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. 
You are a leader and not a follower. And so these simple things, we should just speak over them in the car. And also, some, you know, in the homes as well, sometimes when things, we're praying for things in the home or for items, don't put too much pressure on your kids like, you know, children, we're going to pay, pray for, for the gas bill this month because mum and daddy don't have the finances to... That's a bit heavy. <laughs> Please. Or the electric bill. You know, let's sit around the table and let's pray for, for the finances of the gas bill. That is your responsibility, not your children's. But there are come times where sometimes in your family, like our family, many years ago, we wanted a computer. You know, all those years ago, we don't have the flat one. It was the big screen and the big tower. And, um, and we're praying for a computer. So we've put um, a label on the desk where the computer was supposed to go or will be going in faith. And every time the children walked by this table, it was, thank you, God, for our computer. Thank you, God, for our computer. They begin speaking out and investing into their future. Because what I didn't want to do is when they are grown now, which they are, they have their own faith for their own children. To invest into their own children, invest into another generation. I tell you now, within weeks, we were able to take the children to a, a computer office, a business place, and we were able to choose well, there's massive computers within massive stands. <laughs> and it was like, what? This is what God has done for us? Great. See, I've got so many of those stories. I'll have you all morning, but I can't because I've only got... How long have I got left, Tracy? Where are you? How long? Where? Oh, here? Oh! I better, I better crack on. Oh, my God. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> the power of the dining room table or the kitchen table. Right. In Psalms 128, verse 3, it says, Our children are olive shoots around our table. That's actually in the Bible. Yeah, it is. So God must think that the dining table, kitchen table, is important. That means that we have a few years to grow and invest in them before they start producing fruits in the world. Over the years, um, my dining room table has been my best friend and it continues to be my best friend. Why do I say that? Because my, my dining room table is, is where, as a family, we are strong. From they were little to now they are adults. And we continue as adults and the grandchildren to sit around mum-mums and pops' dining room table. Our table has been where we, we have great food. But it's also a no-phone zone area. So can I encourage you... Let this be a no-phone zone. Because the phone is in, 
it's getting to, it's a part of our lives in every part of our lives. And some, there should be a part where we put it down. And if it dings, it dings. Put it on silent, because this is family time, and you can't, take, you can't get this time again. It's family time, so we invest in, into the future. I've read some um, interesting facts about the dining room table. Um, countries with a good food culture also have very strong family values. Interesting. It limits the depression, because guess why? You talk about your day, you talk about your highs and your lows, and you're able to express yourself on the dining room table. And it improves your self-esteem. Get your children around the dining room table and watch them talk. The dining room table, I mean our table, if our table could speak, oh my gosh. It's, it's always been a, an interesting place to be. Because our dining room table, debates are started, businesses are started, ideas are started, church ideas are started. What about the, yeah, that is what we do around our dining room table as well as, as I say, eat food for great food. And Aaron and Josie's friends were always around our dining room table. We had friends and friends and friends and they just wanted to be there. And can I just encourage you, if you don't have a dining room table, get one. It's invested into the future. And also, I'm not saying to have your dinner around your table every day. Just choose one day a week where you set the table and you make it special. And you cook something special. Just one day a week. Your children will look forward to that all day. It's a time where they will be loved and appreciated and it's great. Number three. Oh, hallelujah. There's a saying that goes, if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. And in my house, this was a case one Saturday morning. Saturday morning in my house, our house, it was chores morning. And so this morning, I woke up ready Saturday morning, chores, hoovering, tidying, cleaning. So I was ready to go. Because I'm cleaning, so I can't wear my jacket. And so, how does this go on? <laughs> Never mind, I'll do it this way. So I, I was in that that mood, that mode where I'm in business. So I'm thinking, I'm going, okay. But the thing is, the children were outside playing. Oh, that's interesting. Saturday morning, not Friday morning, Thursday morning, Saturday morning. Right, okay. Malcolm was somewhere doing something. I'm thinking, oh. So, as in my house, when mum was not happy, nobody's happy. In the kitchen door, you know where the cupboard doors? I'm not sure you do it in your house, but if I'm cross, the cupboard door starts to <laughs> slam. Yeah. 
And by this time, flesh is beginning to, to rise. And I'm there. The hoover in my house can be a stress relief part. And so I was hoovering around Malcolm as well, where you sat there. And, and he says to me, is everything okay? You don't want it, you do not want to hear that word. And so I said, fine! Are you sure? Are you, are you okay? At this point, flesh is just hanging. <laughs> I go over... Oh, my papers. I go over to my office, which is upstairs, my office, which is the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm there, sat on the toilet. <sighs> Help me, Jesus. <laughs> And I start to cry because, you know, this pent up. And then, oh, then the one thing you don't do is to look in the mirror. <laughs> and I look at myself. <gasps> oh, my gosh. You look a mess. Oh, my gosh. Why do I do this to myself? <laughs> gosh and you know after five minutes of self-pity worries me nobody cares they're having fun outside Malcolm's not bothered the cleaning the house is not he's not bothered about cleaning the house I am Oh, but Lord, it's like, and then I, then I don't know whether you do in your house, but this is what I had to do over the years. I've started to get a grip. Come on, girl. Dry your eyes. Come on. You, I've got mascara. I, I why, why, why I'm wearing mascara on a Saturday morning? <laughs> Clean the cleaning. But anyway, that's what I It was dry your eyes, girlfriend. What is your problem? Get over yourself. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. But Jesus, you gave me these four children. And you said every good and perfect gift from comes from you. And sometimes they're not good or perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
was like, I'm just like, well, you know, I speak to you have the mind of Christ in it. Come on, you can, Come on. You can change these circumstances. You are an atmosphere carrier. Come on, you can change this. You are atmosphere carrier. Come on. You are the mind of Christ. I'm anointed to do this job. I'm only saying this to you, Mom, because I've been there. And it's not worth it. Talk to yourself. Get a grip. Get a grip. Okay, I'm, I'm going to move swiftly. I've got four minutes, right. Keep the rhythm of life constant. Encourage families to even have one night. We have a family night. In our house, it was Tuesday nights. It was non-negotiable. You would die if you said, I've got an appointment with somebody else. <laughs> Only when they turned about 23, when they first married, then was when they said, oh, mum, I'm, I'm actually married now. I can't come on a Tuesday night. <laughs> but Tuesday nights were family nights. And on Tuesday nights, we had perhaps a nice meal. And if the funds were low, which sometimes often they were, it was bean loaf and salad or beans on toast. But we made it very special very special and in order to do the special things on a Tuesday night sometimes we, have, we had beans and toast at home and then we used to go out for dessert at a restaurant <laughs> you guys are thinking we did it anyway <laughs> but back in the day this is what we did we made it special but we also got dressed on Tuesday night because sometimes, you know, when you eat a family to meet together, sometimes let's get dressed up for each other. Like we get dressed up for everybody else or, 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 or to work, but we just made an effort on Tuesday nights to get dressed up. I'm gonna... Thanksgiving. Bethany and her family introduced Thanksgiving about two years ago. What a wonderful concept. Oh, my gosh, I think our church should do it. It's an American... Um, day where they celebrate and they thank God for what God has done in their lives. They have a great meal and, 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 and the children are around and Unter and, and Zachary was thanking God around the table for what God has done. I thought powerful. So that's what we're going to put into our family life going forward is Thanksgiving. And this year, if, if anybody wants to do it in their family, it's the 28th of November so you can get turkey twice in a month. That's exciting. Okay. Another event is always celebrate. Celebrate birthdays. Celebrate any occasion you can to celebrate, celebrate. Easter, Christmas, celebrate something. And don't just, you know, just... You can just get some balloons out. It doesn't have to cost anything. It's just walking into that room and thinking, oh, I'm special. In my house, still, after all these years, if it's somebody's birthday, we make a phone call that morning and we sing off a birthday to them and guarantee there's banners and there's balloons every birthday. Old or young, we do that. Quickly, 
Happy mums, happy kids. How happy are you affects how happy and successful your kids are. Bring laughter into your home is contagious. Just hearing somebody laugh, it triggers laughter. If you ever come to my house, our house, and sometimes I have a, a deep belly laugh, which I can't stop, and... I'm rolling on the floor, I'm spinning on, I, I, just, I just can't laugh. And my kids look at me and go, here, here we go. And they just can't help but laugh themselves. Am I right, Beth? Because I do some dumb things sometimes. I mean, is, am I on my own? Does anybody else do some dumb things sometimes? Say, laugh at yourself, please. Don't take yourself so serious. Laugh at yourself. Life's too short, please. Stress up. Hang out with, with families who know how to have a good time and how to have a good laugh. Growing up, we had our children, we had three or four families who we used to always do life together, camping together, go on um, holidays together. It creates that family bond and, and it's fun and they let something to look forward to. Um, time. Give your kids... Give your kids quality time, not quantity. Qua no, give your kids quantity, not quality. No, other way around. Quality, not quantity. Yeah, quality, not quantity. Okay. Because sometimes we can be on our phone. We're on our phone, our children trying to get our attention. And what attention? The phone's here, and they're trying to engage with you. And you're, sorry, what did you say? I, I didn't, but your thing is, you can't do two things at the same time. And the mums can sometimes, but when you're having to do an important text, and the, and the most important person is your child, I think at some point that phone must go away, even if it's for 20 minutes. Say, phone, you're on silent for 20 minutes. You and I are going to talk. We're going to communicate. It makes them feel a sense of belonging, a sense of, you know, this is great. Give your kids... You know, children don't want stuff. They want time. Many parents are working hard to give them children things and stuff, and I know what they want is... It's time. Time together. Just time. Plan school holidays. Go to the park. Take your children for coffee dates. On a Saturday morning, we had four children. Let's take one of you for coffee dates. So it's that time together. Love your husband. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Life gets busy. He's still your number one. And sometimes, with business of life, I've been there where you've got four children and you've got their friends and you've got this going on and you've got everything going on and before you know it, you know, it's the end of the day and, hi, babes, good night, and it, and it falls, again, it's a day begins again. Do some special things for your husband. Like, sometimes, if you do the ironing or not do the ironing, whoever does the ironing in your house, just get a post-it note and put it on one of his shirts. Just say... I love you. Have a great day. It's the small things that make the big difference and make him know that you, you are still 
his Romeo. Your is Romeo. Round or whatever, it's, it's I've got one minute 34 seconds left, so you get the point. I'm trying to rush now. Okay, so, so to all our mums, you have what it takes, you have what you need to be the best mother that God has called you to be. God has handpicked you. He's chosen you to raise his children. What an awesome, awesome task. There's no better job you could ever do than raise somebody's husband, somebody's wife. To raise a life that can be a world changer. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.